Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. We're beaming this out to you all over the world from AM 1160 here in Chicago. We're having a wonderful uh, fall day here. Listen, uh, here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, and small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have I got a great one for you today. I, a longtime friend and a colleague that I'm going to introduce you to shortly. But again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. I don't imagine there's too many of you out there who would like to do that. But at Samurai, we say we put the win back in your sales. And I am so excited to introduce my guest. I want to introduce you to Andrea Heron. She is the CEO and founder of Focus HR. And boy, you're going to fast your seatbelts because she's bringing it. She's, her business is just flying right now uh, because, uh, first of all, her expertise and her background. But boy, is this something a lot of small mid-market companies need. So uh, again, uh, Andrea, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. <laughs> it is. It's seeing you live again because it's been a while since we've yes, seen each other. It has. Uh, in the group that we you, we were in together, actually, the Oakbrook group was met today right, down in in uh, Oakbrook. So anyway, um, hey, listen. You know, you you put a quote. It's one of my. I was smiling, beaming when you told me about <laughs> your favorite quote. So why don't you share that with our audience? What is that quote? Um. Not so much a quote right. as it is a poem. Right. Um, Footprints in the sand. Yes. I, I love it. First came across this. I think it was in high school. Okay. I don't remember, but uh, most people are familiar, you know, with it. But I think, um, like most, the part that has the most impact for me right. is the very end, where it says, "He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never." ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I got to tell you, Andrew, that's very personal to me because I got carried for 36 years and I, you know, in my testimony, and that is so profound. I've used that actually as part of my testimony because you're right. There are only two footprints for, you know, the better part of 36 years. And then you know, when it came to the Lord, little baby steps you know, yes. next to him, you know, and then maybe some adolescent steps. I still haven't reached adulthood in my faith yet, but I'm getting there, you know. He, he's carrying me. He's, he's with me. He's along my side, but I just love that. And, and I'd have to share with you, it's probably the first time in the show in nine years that anybody has, has had that as part of the uh, of the quote or something that was your guiding thing, you know. It's really? awesome, man. Yeah, no, it's, so it's cool. It's, it means so much to me because, like you, it's... Mm-hmm. There's been two sets of footprints, and then one, it's yep. very com- comes and goes. <laughs> it comes and goes, you bet. it. And I think that'd probably be for a lot of people, too, you know, when you start yeah. looking at it. But it, it's so profound. It just says it right there. Absolutely. Hey, um, 
You know, what I like to also, we'd like to let the audience know for the sake of the interview, what do you want people to take away today out of our interview? It's for me is that um, I've been raised in my faith, mm-hmm. you know, so it's where it's really took flight is in high school. Okay. Um, college, I have a, a story about my husband okay. and, and in business, it's, it really is in all aspects of my life. Okay. So the takeaway is that um, from youth, you got some things there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Any takeaways as far as today about the business and some of those tips you're going to give? You know, it is, um, you know, it's always easier to see it when you look back. Right. Yeah. You know, and um, like with anybody in business, you're always looking for different ways to grow the business. Right. It's like, maybe I need to, maybe I should do a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that and right. do this. <laughs> and it's And it's funny because every time I would go in that direction... I would start, you know, start thinking about it, start putting things together. But when it came to implementing, yep. you know, the side thing, all of a sudden the main part of my business, the the human resource services, right. would pick up and be, <laughs> would take off yeah. so much so that I couldn't focus on that other right. part. Well, we're going to get to that part of your story because yeah. I don't want to spoil that. But, uh, you know, did you come out of Bouncing Baby Christian Girl? Um, well, I did come out uh, a bouncing girl, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and not here in the States, right? No, yeah, no. Share I, that with I am actually, um, my family, I'm from Argentina, uh-huh. um, born there. So like many Argentines, um, I was a girl. So that usually means the within about 24 hours, you get your ears pierced. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh, well. not even a doubt or a question. It's like, girl, click. Yeah. <laughs> You're done. I love it. Um you know, baptized, mm-hmm. you know, Catholic. Yep. Um, I still consider myself, you know, a Catholic Christian. Okay. Um, so that has always been a part of me. And right. my family came here, you know, um, trusting, you know, mm-hmm. I was about a year old wow. when we moved to the States. Wow. Okay. And uh, have been here ever since. Yeah. And it's, um, growing up, I had to give a lot of people geography lessons about <laughs> where Argentina was. <laughs> 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 you know, and, and having them understand that um, when you speak Spanish, you're not one particular nationality. Right. Yeah. You know, it's very important. like there's there's yeah. a lot of us, you know, you there's bet. probably more Spanish speakers than English speakers in this yeah. world. Yeah. You're and right. having to explain geography. And I'm like, nope, further south, further south. Keep going. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you're not there yet. Now, did you, did, uh, as a kid, did you get back to Argentina? Very much? Oh, many times. Yeah. 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 It's uh, the nice thing. It's it's about 11 and a half hour flight from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So as far as frequent flyer miles are concerned, <laughs> um, after about three flights, I got a free one. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you did. Yeah, I'll bet you did. That's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, your fa- now, what brought your family up here? Why, why did you decide Curiosity. To to really? Yes, absolutely. My father is a mechanical engineer. Okay. And he used to get popular mechanics. I don't even know if that still exists or yes, not anymore. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, and he would talk to people that would come down there looking for uh, equipment, and he worked okay. for a manufacturer. Uh-huh. And a lot of them were like, hey, if you ever come to the States, I'd love to give you a job. And he was curious, wow. you know. And, of course, we came here in the late 60s, which was also the Vietnam War. <laughs> mm, yeah. He had already done his military service in Argentina because at okay. that time it was uh, mandatory. Okay. And uh, they said, you know, if... Uh, you know, you will get drafted, 
Mm -hmm. know, if you go right away. But if you have a family, you know, it's be less likely. Right. And like I said, he'd already done his military service. So he came with a family. And he was sponsored too then, obviously, right? No, it was 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 a lot easier back then. He actually left Argentina. We left Argentina with green cards. Wow. Wow. Okay. Again, this was early, late 60s, you know, so it's a different time. Yeah, sure. And uh, so he made his way. We made our way up to Chicago. And he looked for one of the gentlemen that he had met in Argentina. And he's like, well, that's great. You know, how's your English? And he's like, (laughs) oops. Nope don't have it so he had to start by being a janitor wow he swept floors and you know all this and um as most people who learn a second language at work you learn all the bad words first (laughs) you know and then he had to get corrected to the right ones you know and he would take english class come home and teach my mom my mom was a teacher okay she couldn't teach obviously without having english so she would go to the grocery store with me in hand and um, look at the cans because ah, they had pictures. Okay. You know, so she'd see like a picture of a tomato and it right, would say right. tomato. And yeah. that's how she started learning English. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we were in the northwest side of Chicago uh-huh. and they, um, after about two years, they said, you know, if we stay here, we're never going to learn English. Mm. We're never going to become fluent. Oh. Because Spanish neighborhood, right. everything, right. Yeah, yeah. everywhere they went, everybody spoke Spanish. Right. So they moved out to the suburbs, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where they were forced to speak English, and it and it really helped. So you went to school in the suburbs then? Yes. Because you were very young when you came. So yeah. So was out yeah. in the suburbs when you got schooling? Yeah. Now, did you pick up English quickly? or? Um, I did because I learned it in the neighborhood. Okay. So I would say I probably didn't really start speaking English until I was about four. Okay. You know, four or five, somewhere around there. Right. You know, because, and we still spoke Spanish at home. Okay. It wasn't until I was in middle school Ah. where my parents said, you know, we need you guys, my brother and myself, to Mm -hmm. uh, help us correct our English. Got it. Okay. They were kind of tired of everybody else correcting it for them, so they wanted to learn more at home. Yeah. So that's when we switched to English at home. Okay. And then your faith walk during that time, you, you were associated with the church, going yeah, to church. very much you so. You guys were very devout and, yeah. and doing all that. So you had that in your life. You know, yeah, that was a continuity. Yeah, it's my first communion. Yeah. Um, okay. St. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica's in Carpentersville. Okay. Well, so that's where Burbs were you settled then? Uh, yeah. Well, we moved around a couple times. Okay. But uh, that's where I was for my first communion and then did my confirmation at uh, St. Margaret Mary's in Algonquin. Okay. That's great. So the what we're going to take it up into because we only got about a minute left here. Take it up into is that in the next segment, let's talk about you know this career and how you transition that and doing all that kind of stuff, and uh, and then really get into you know Focus HR. I it's just you know it's 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 fascinating to me what you've been able to build, but you've got a lot of some stuff that came along the way to be able to do that. Absolutely. And also the background with your family having a business, too, where you grew up in the in the business mm-hmm. a little bit, too. So we're going to get back to that. I can't believe we're in the first segment. Oh, this is amazing. Well, folks, you stay tuned here because I'm going to be back with Andrea here shortly. And we're going to get into a little bit deeper into this history of what the heck is this Focus HR and what she talking about and what she do with companies and everything like that. So you got to stick with us. And also, you're going to pick up some tips along the way. She's very articulate and very helpful with people that have to address these kind of issues because it's becoming more pervasive and more complex all the time, right? Yes. So you stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with my special guest, Andrea Huron, 
CEO and founder of Focus HR. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Andrea Haran, CEO and founder of Focus HR. We left off where uh, they migrate, they immigrated here to, to Chicago from Argentina. I uh, grew up in a, in a uh, very much of a Hispanic-speaking background and all that. Came to Chicago, find a new life, and her father was an engineer and all that stuff. So... Here's what the deal is. Now, she's gone to school in, in suburban uh, schools, um, got her English down, taught her mom and dad conversational English and all that kind of thing. So what happened after high school? What, what, what went on? Because there was something that was pretty interesting that happened with your, your family and all that stuff as far as business yeah. and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was getting ready to go to college. Okay. And at, that was the same time my father decided to open up a business. <laughs> okay. So... Um, I was able to get financial aid the first year. Okay. Apparently after that, they thought part of his business was printing money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I went to school. I studied business and psychology. Really? Yeah, I was a double major. Okay. Um, I was one of those strange people that went to college knowing I wanted to do human resources. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and it's that's be- a great that's a great foundational thing for human resources right there. Yeah, and it was because of uh, the stories that I grew up with my parents. Mm. You know, okay. my father being a plant manager before mm-hmm. he started his business would talk about how he'd have to help people, and the HR person at that company wasn't always the most helpful. Yeah. Um, Imagine that. You know, trying to help <laughs> people get through some addictions and and things oh, like yeah. that. Right. You know, he just wanted to give them um, some time, some grace to to work things out. Right. And then my mother being a teacher, um, she, you know, she did get her certification and all that um, sure. here in the States. She was a teacher and she would talk about the, the tenured, mm. you know, there somebody okay. is tenured, but they don't seem to enjoy their work anymore. Why would they still want to do it if they don't like it? Right. Very um, good. So I went in very naively thinking <laughs> I can do HR and right. I can help save these people because they spend more time at work than they do with their families right. awake time. Right. Than yeah. with their families, and I can make a difference. Right. You know, Good of course, you. reality kicked in a little bit after that. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened to you with this family business? Um, I actually, um, I was able to take advantage of the family business in that when mm-hmm. I, um, I did my internship mm-hmm. after my senior year. Okay. Because I had to keep working while I was in school sure. and, and stuff. So I did it after my senior year. It was part time. Mm-hmm. So I would work in the mornings for my father. Oh, okay. You know, doing office stuff, things like that, that right. he needed. And then I would go to my part-time job, uh-huh. the part-time internship, okay. you know, afterwards. Okay. And um, that was, it was great. So I got to see what it's like from an owner's point of view and yeah. then also from the inside. I know and, you, we've talked about that and you said how helpful that was. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you talk about it at home. You right. know, anybody who's been in a family business knows yep. that it comes home. Yep. It's it's dinner conversation, you yeah. know, what's happening and so forth. And I, th- <clears throat> I think that's, as we talk about your practice and what led up to that, I think that it is a real big point of distinction because not a lot of folks in your profession actually worked in a family business, you know. It is, and I have found it great with talking to people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, prospects, networking, and right. so forth, and that I get it. Right. You know, and my father had a very strict rule 
you mm. know, in the business. My brother worked there. Okay. Um, the first time my mother retired from teaching, <laughs> she went back a couple times. She worked there as well. Okay. So it was very important for him that when we were there, he goes, mm-hmm. everybody knows we're family. Right. You know, our, our accent compared to everybody else gives right. that away. He goes, but we don't, I, I couldn't go up to him and call him papi. Or go uh, up to my mom and call her mommy, you know, like okay. I would if I were at home. Right. It was Carlos and Grace. Ah, okay. Took a while to get used to. Yeah, I'll bet it Not did. used to calling your parents by their right, first name. Right, you know, exactly. there's just something not right about that. <laughs> right. But you get used to it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and the other rule was, too, is if we're ever talking, because we would talk in Spanish, you know, a lot of right. the people in the factory spoke Spanish. But if anybody came up to us, was around us that could hear, mm. and we know that they don't, they don't speak or understand Spanish, mm-hmm. we switch to English. Ah, very good. So being very ah. respectful, you yeah, know. Right. Um, you know, because people, yeah. unfortunately, as human beings, we have a tendency to think the worst sure. before we think of the best. Right. So people will, like, if they hear people talking in another language, right. Yep. You know, their automatic assumption is they're yeah. saying something bad about, bad about me. me, right? <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> it is so much more boring than that. Yeah, it, it is talking about dinner, what the <laughs> yeah, kids right. are doing, you know, things like that. <laughs> okay, so fast forward now. What was your first uh, career job, corporate job? I used to work for Hyatt Hotels. Ah, okay. So I started with them in Schaumburg okay. um, as an administrative assistant. Mm. And um, on a family vacation back to Argentina, we saw okay. Hyatt being built. Ah, so I came back, looked at my boss, and said, how do I transfer? Right. And she's like, I have no idea. Let's find <laughs> out. She's like, I don't know if they'll get you a work visa. Mm. I go, don't need one. Mm-hmm. I have dual I, citizenship. Yeah, right, exactly. And she's like, even easier. Right. Uh, so did what I had to do. Um, right. Was transferred to Buenos Aires. Okay. And on the plane ride, I got promoted. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the plane ride. <laughs> yeah, the the personnel manager. That's mm-hmm. this was back in you know the early uh, this back in ninety one. Yeah, and the personnel manager had left, and they needed you know. <laughs> yeah, I got promoted. Okay, and so it was great because I moved in with my grandparents. Wow, oh, that's neat. So I, uh, yeah, my my parents were the only ones that came here from Argentina. All uh, okay. my relatives were still there. Okay, so for me it was coming home. Right. My grandmother used to. My maternal grandmother used to always say. Um, in Spanish, it's La Tierra Te Tira. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, your homeland always calls to you. I love it. That's a great expression. Yeah. And it was fantastic. You know, That's it's great. I went there, opened a hotel. So it was a brand oh. new hotel. Wow. You know, so I was employee number five. Wow. And we grew to about 300. And how long were you there? Uh, <clears throat> a year. A year. And a then year. you came back to state. I came back. My father called and said, I really need your help in the family business. Okay. So I came back and worked for him for about a year. Okay. And if you ever want to know what the most difficult thing to do is mm-hmm. with your family, it's to retire is to tell your father that you're resigning and you're not interested in the family business. <laughs> in case you're curious. <laughs> yeah. So you had how much experience before you founded your own company in HR? About fifteen years. Fifteen years experience. And is that all with Hyatt or other companies? Uh no, it was a mix. When I when I uh resigned from working with my father, I went back to Hyatt and lived in Mexico and then went to South Africa. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that in your back. Wow, yeah. holy smokes. Yeah. How much time did you actually spend in the States then with Hyatt? Uh with Hyatt about a year. About a year. Okay. Yeah. So I was in Mexico for about two years and I was in South Africa for three years. Wow. Okay. 
So when did HR Focus, uh, Focus HR come to be? Focus HR came to be when I was pregnant with my oldest son. Oh, wow. Because um, I didn't want to work nine to five. Okay. You know, which also, you know, with childcare, that actually means yeah. leaving the house at seven, getting back at right. seven. You know, right. I didn't want to do that. I also knew personally, um, I am not built to be a stay-at-home mom. I am just not creative enough to keep a child <laughs> entertained for that long. So I wanted to have a balance. Right. And somehow a new baby and a new business seemed to make sense to me at the time. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Not quite sure what I was thinking, but it worked. <laughs> well, hey, listen, if it worked. And in fact, too, you had, you know, you had some entrepreneurialism in you. You had your, your family business. You saw what that was like. You, you, you didn't come in this blind. You, you knew what it was going to take. Yeah. But the motivation for you is to be able to spend time at home, too, and not be this nine to five or strapped to a desk and all that. Too. Yeah, exactly. I actually have an entrepreneurial family. My father, my grandfather, and my great-grandmother. Wow. Wow. Yeah, good roots. Yes. Yeah, you, so you you had example there. Yeah. So what was the expectation when you fired this thing up as what you were going to do to save the world? It's I wanted to work with small businesses okay. that didn't have, need, or want a full-time HR person. Right. Because having seen HR from the, the company side, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, um, and having been on it on the big corporate side, I'm like, right. Small companies don't know a lot of this stuff. Right. And unfortunately, when it comes to human resources, you know, part of that is the legalities, the compliance. Right. And that adds up fast Mm -hmm. if you do something wrong. Yes, it does. Just read a headline. Right. You know, read a business section of a newspaper. It's, um, It's amazing. And I just thought, you know, it's not fair Mm -hmm. that they don't know what they don't know. Right. So that's where it came to be, you know, is it's I to this day, I'm a huge advocate of small business. Yep. Heavily involved in the in my local chamber. Yep. Um, I want to work with small companies. They are the backbone of our backbone of our communities. Yep. They are the ones that make our towns run, uh, feed families, yep. you know, all that. Yeah, the whole economy. And, and what better, you know, with your background and everything like that to really relate, because as I said earlier, Having grown up in the environment, you understood it. You understood the trials and tribulations, particularly family-owned or privately held businesses. Yeah. You know, you just didn't leave that at the doorstep when you went home. I mean, you're taking it home with oh, you. You're yeah. talking over the coffee table. You're going through the ups and downs of the business, you know, the stress and everything else. And that's why, you know, again, the show is about what do you do, you know, when you're there? If you don't have a faith or something to hang on to, it gets to be real difficult. You know? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Entrepreneurship is is the the ultimate roller coaster ride. Yep. You know, with the ups and downs. Yep. And um, you need that help. I, yep. I can't tell you how many times it's, it's close my eyes, sit back and, you know, and say, you know, yep. God, is this the right thing to be doing? Well, we're going to get back here in the next segment. Before I do that, though, we're proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Go out and check it out, faithmarketplace.com. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small mid-market businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With their vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites 
using inbound marketing technology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. Go out and check them out at inboundstudio.studio. Again, that's inboundstudio.studio. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, uh, Andrea Haran, CEO and founder of Focus HR. And if you missed the first two segments, man, you missed a lot because this young lady has really been out there and is really have a mission to help small mid-market companies and their HR issues. And those are big. You know, when you think about most companies, the total assets of most companies, they're employees, they're people, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think the other asset that you, you bring to the party, too, is that you're bilingual. You know, mm-hmm. that's got to help with a lot, particularly these small mid-market companies, manufacturing companies and all that. You know, there's a, a certain segment and population of their employment that is Hispanic. I mean, most there's a lot of companies that have this. So yeah. why, <clears throat> if you could, why don't you share with our audience you had you had your practice now seventeen years, so I know you got some stories here. Why don't you just share a little bit so that we can put some you know life to this as to when you come in and get an assignment working with the company, maybe share you know what that looks like with maybe somebody you've worked with. Perfect. I'll actually give you a current okay, clients good. that I'm working with. Um, I should say my company is working with. Okay. And uh, when we first started working together about t- two years ago. They had about 20 employees, and they had the the CFO in charge of human resources. Okay. I'm going to stereotype a little bit. Most mm-hmm. CFOs are very much numbers-based. They like numbers. It's black and white. It's right. easy. They don't. Yep. There's no emotion. Yeah, right, no, exactly. <laughs> there's no individual thought mm-hmm. involved in the numbers. You know, two plus two will always equal four <clears throat> kind of yep. thing, which makes them probably not the best people to handle the HR side of it. Right. As far as, especially the people themselves. Right. Because human beings just don't regurgitate learnings. You know, right. it's, they're a complete package. And they're like, you know, we're growing. We need to get some stuff in place. The foundation, it mm-hmm. all starts with the foundation. Right. So went through and did an audit. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you have? What don't you have? You know, the basics. Do you have an employee handbook? Do you have your I-9s? Mm-hmm. That question adds too many no's to it mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you know, how are you handling wage and hour laws? You know, mm-hmm. leave, you know, all these. Basic things. All yeah. these basic things. It's like, right. I like getting the compliance done first because then, as I mm-hmm. said, then we can focus on the fun stuff. Right. And that is how do we attract and retain great people? Yeah, it's huge. You know, and it's... Um, we take a look at how they go to market. How do they express themselves in the marketplace? Because right. what back in the day, what you did internally and what yeah. you told the world about could be two different things and right. nobody was the wiser. Right. That is no longer the case. You bet. It's full transparency whether you wanted it or not. So it's yep. great. It's like not a problem. Let's define that. What is it? How do we p- talk to about that with people who are interested in working here? Mm-hmm. Then how do we keep them engaged, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Then you look at salary and benefits. You right. know, are you competitive? What is it that people want? Then it gets into the softer things. Mm. You yeah. know, what is the culture? Yes. What do we What do we value? What is it? What are those? And, and this is the other thing I love about working with small businesses mm-hmm. is that the corporate values are usually the values of the a founder. Yes. 
because it's it's them that bring it to the company, yep. you know. But so let's define it. Mm-hmm. It's always something that's been there, you know. Maybe not defined. Let's define it. Let's. What does that mean? How do we use that? Right. How do we communicate that? How do we make sure it's in things that we do every day? Mm-hmm. How we take care of our customers. How we take care of each other. And if you get someone who's a bad fit. Mm. Because yeah. it, it happens. There's a place right. for everybody to work. That doesn't necessarily mean it's your place. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we treat that person with respect mm-hmm. in working them out? Right. You know, yep. and whether that's uh, getting them to realize it or being a little bit more of the, the disciplinary, you know, write up way to say, we really need you to understand this isn't the place for you. <laughs> you know, what my experience has been is. Um, <clears throat> In, uh, in general, okay, I'm mm-hmm. making a general statement. Uh, family-owned business, private-owned businesses are very parochial, and they have a tendency to keep people longer than they need to if they're not, you know, not behaving well. And uh, it's probably one of the toughest things I've seen owners have to do is let people go, you know. It is, and they make it worse for themselves by holding on to people for too yep. long. Yep. So I always ask people, and I said, okay, mm-hmm. knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. You know, because it's usually about two years later, <laughs> right? Typically, yeah. where yep. it's, they get to that point. When you look back at their first thirty days mm-hmm. that they were with you, was it the same issues? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why did you keep them? I thought I could fix them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I said, I appreciate that. Right. I get that. You can't fix people. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not in the fixing people business. That's that's not something for us to do. You know, people come in with their personalities, their values, their beliefs. Right. You can't change that. Yeah. You can change skills. Mm-hmm. You can teach them to be better at Word or Excel or a better way to answer the phone. Right. You can't get them to change their personality. That's who they are. So with this company now you've been working with, how, how's the progression been? Let's see. Them? They've tripled in size. Wow. Wow. Yes. So they're at over 60 employees Wow! Um, because we laid the foundation Mm -hmm. and we did that so well, Mm -hmm. the, the growth, their hiccups, the, the road bumps that they experienced in growth was not about people and processes, Ah. finding people. Yes. Yes. Right. But not in how do we bring them on board? How do we train them? How do we get them up to speed? How do we make sure that they know what their job is? We had already laid that all out. That's fabulous. That was that already laid out. That's it was just great. a matter of finding people and plugging them right. into the to the system. Yeah. What do you see? The, now, you've been at this for a period of time now, a decade and a half. What do you see as the challenges, and what's the shift been since you've been doing this? Well, you know what? The pandemic brought around, uh, accelerated a shift. I'm not going to say okay. it brought about a shift. It actually right. accelerated a shift that was already coming. Right. What has happened is in the past, we always talked about work-life balance. Yes. We talked about it as a theory. Yeah. You know, I think this is what it means. Mm -hmm. What happened is that the pandemic really showed us what that means to us individually. Yes. And for each person, that was a different definition. Mm -hmm. So what it is accelerated is everybody having a true understanding of what work-life balance means to them. Right. And now the shift is companies adjusting to that. Mm. And it's something that I call is we're now on the, the precipice of what I call individualized employment. <clears throat> people are trying to bring people <clears throat> back to the office. Yep. Caution you, make sure you do it for the right reasons. Yes. Justifying your rent is not a right reason. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the right reason is 
We need teamwork. Teams need to get together. Right. New employees need mm-hmm. to see faces in, you know, in 3D. You know, yes, we have the technology to do it in, you know, right. across a computer screen. But yes, there's That's a lot to be thing. said for being in person. <clears throat> But that doesn't mean five days a week. Maybe it's two days a week. Maybe, you know what, we need the marketing team here on Tuesdays, the accounting team together on Wednesdays, and the sales team together on Thursdays. For whatever that means. If we have cross-functional teams, figure that out. But companies have been, you know, you talked about paternalistic. Mm -hmm. I dictate to you everything that you do. Okay, you know what, your kids are growing up now. Yep. And you need to treat them (laughs) as such. So let's get back to treating our team as a team of adults. Right, exactly. Lay out your expectations and and let them do it. What I'm seeing too is finally, you know, there's a lot of lip service given to, you know, culture and all that stuff. Now it's really kicking in because people are leaving companies because they're starting to get self-accusation as to what's my purpose, what's my value. And, uh, you know, I just read a very interesting article how they're shedding now, companies are shedding uh, mid and top management because they're starting to realize the people that produce this stuff are the ones that really are important. And oh, by the way, we got to start paying them well because guess what? This is a very transferable skill. There's a lot of movement now, and we need to keep these people because you know, bird in hand's worth two in the bush. You know, the, the oh. cost of having to go out and recruit is astronomical now. What ten times one person's salary? Yep. And what's happened is the the adi- Oh, I I have a tendency to mix up adages, so you have to bear with yeah, me. Okay, <laughs> but people join companies because of the work. Mm-hmm. You know what they're going to be doing, their their pur- the purpose, what the company does. Right. They leave because of their managers. Yep, you got it. And boy, was that is people put up with bad managers because mm-hmm. they said better the devil I know than the one I don't. Yep. The Not pandemic has showed. You know what? Mm-hmm. I don't. Need Life's to do too that. short for this. Yep. <laughs> I don't need to do this. Right. And yes, I can take my skills, yep. highly valuable, and take them to company B. Mm-hmm. And to C or to D, you know. Right. So they've realized people, employees have realized their own value. Yep. And hey, now companies need to realize that as well. Okay. As you know, this is a show that talks about integrating faith and work. So yeah. uh, what are you grateful for God about? What do you give him praise for about your business? Giving me the direction. Ah. And giving yeah. me the voice. Very good. It is, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, there's times where I would just sit back and, and close my eyes and, and talk to him and be like, am I doing the right thing? Mm. You know, is this the way I should be going? And he'd say yes. And when I would stray, just like any good father does, you know, they bring you back. Yep. And he's he's done that for me, you know. Um, he's always been there. It's, um, I will admit, it's not something I, I talk about a lot, you know, mm-hmm. my faith, you know, it's always sure. been something that's very personal to me. Right. But he's been with me all along. Well, we're going to change that and not be in the show. I hope you realize that. Yeah, Everybody's I know. know. Everybody's <laughs> going to know about it now. You know, your faith now. You can't have it in your basket anymore, Andrea. No, I know. I hey, know. real quick here. Uh, what uh, what words of wisdom would you give in your younger self? Stay true. Okay. You know, believe. Okay. It's that there is a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it seems a little crazy, and um, but it's it's have that faith. Okay. And I thought this was really great, you know, when we talked about I had no concept of this with you. What's funny, interesting, and cool about you? <laughs> <laughs> I love shocking people with this. Yeah, it is. I have jumped out of an airplane 125 times. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Holy, is that for skydiving? Is that yes. what you did? Oh, my goodness. I never oh, knew that. And one time was out of a hot air balloon. 
out of a hot air balloon. Oh my or God. the basket of the hot air balloon. Well, folks, say. you got to come back. Obviously, <laughs> you've gotten a good sample of Andrea. Very surprising with some of the things she's done. But you got to come back because we are going to roundtable a mystery subject. So you got to come back. You're not going to know what the mystery subject is unless you come back. So we're, we're going to be right back with my special guest, Andrea. We're going to roundtable a subject. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my fabulous guest, Andrea Haran, CEO and founder of Focus HR. Boy, if you miss that stuff, you get out there and check us out in the podcast at faithmarketplace.com. You go out all the podcasts out there for the last number. I came in how many years now? And, uh, and listen to that, and just share it with your friends, too. By the way, there's a little donate button on there. That's how this ministry runs, with the generosity of folks like yourselves out there. So if you, you uh, are inclined and you got a couple extra pennies you might throw our way, that's how this ministry uh, has been running now for over nine years. So we'd appreciate that. Andrea, what are we going to roundtable for our audience today? I think we should talk about meeting people where they are. Okay. And what's the example that we're going to use? The best one out there. <laughs> it's Jesus himself. Right. He okay. met people where they were every single day. Mm-hmm. He, he, he didn't judge. He listened. He guided. He um, provided words of wisdom. His behaviors, his acts. Mm-hmm. He was just true to himself, and he understood everybody came from a different place. Mm-hmm. And that was Okay. You know, it's, it's funny because, as you know, in in the times that we live in, uh, Christians are being demonized and you know put in spots, and also talk about you're judgmental, you're this, you're that, and so on and so forth. And it's just the opposite of that. If we live our life, you know, as Christ did, you know, doing that. And I'm seeing that more and more. I mean, now in this world that we're in right now, we need this more than ever. Is meeting people where they're at because people are individuals, uh, and not judging. Just you know, so. When you coach people on that, when you talk about that in your practice in HR, how, how do you approach that with people about meeting them where they're at? What I do is um, I ask them to listen to the words people are using. Ah, okay. Because it tells you a lot about how they're thinking. Okay. You know, and how they view things. All right. Do they speak in terms of black and white? Do they talk in systems? First this, then this, then that. Okay. Do they let go of the past? Or are they constantly repeating it? Mm-hmm. You know, well, two years ago, this mm-hmm. happened. Right. Um, and so it's it's giving people a voice. Let them get it out. Mm-hmm. Let, even if you've heard it, you know, five times before, don't interrupt. Let them get it all out. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, I'm Catholic. You know, getting it right. all out is what we do in confession. Right. Sorry, yeah. reconciliation. They changed mm-hmm. the term. Reconciliation. <laughs> there you go. You know, so it's let them get it all out, mm-hmm. you know. And then talk to them about why does that bother you so much? Where where does that come from? And really try to understand their thought process. Okay. You know, we there's so many of us on earth and there's no two people that are gonna think the exact same way. Oh yeah. I mean, just think just the possibilities mm-hmm. of that is just mind boggling. So to think that somebody else sees the world, mm. life, even your faith, exactly the same way you do. Right. Is asking a lot. I don't think God made us that way. I think he made us all different so we could learn tolerance. We can learn 
um, differences mm-hmm. and how to work with that you know, and how to live I, with that. I coach that a lot in sales because, uh, unfortunately, salespeople have their own perception about what the buyer wants, what the buyer needs, and mm-hmm. all that, and they don't get on that side of the table and hear them speak, like you said, ask great questions and shut up and listen. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Exactly. You know, and you'll learn a heck of a lot. They'll tell you everything you need to know uh, if you do that. Yeah. You cannot project on other people. Just no. because you, you live in a certain economic, geographic circumstance or whatever, to be projecting that on other people until, you know, the old adage, until you walk in, in somebody else's moccasins, do you really know what their life is like or what's going on with them? Oh, so. absolutely. And and if you listen, you can, you know, it's, um, people are going to be, um, people have f- four main motivators, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, it's to be um, achievement focused, mm-hmm. you know, bettering themselves, their business, you know, always bettering a disease or a system or whatever. Social, mm-hmm. look at me. Right. None of these are right or wrong. It just no. is what it is. Yeah, what it is. Systems, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> do step one, step two, step three, you always get result A. Right. And fairness. Okay. So when they're talking to you, you realize what they, what's important to them, what's mm-hmm. their internal motivator that keeps them going. And if you just change how you say something, not what you're saying, but how you're saying it to match their internal motivator, mm-hmm. you get a lot more buy-in. Right. It's, you get a lot more understanding. I, I'm curious about something. We've heard, talked about a lot about values, and that's really a squishy term, okay? And I know that you know, people will come to a company if they align themselves or they see themselves with the values that are, are being prescribed by leadership or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. How, how, value do, how valuable do you see that in, in understanding people's values and what they value? Huge. Okay. It's, it's very important. And, and I'm not talking about mm-hmm. values as like a one word mm-hmm. thing. It's there, right. there's, there has to be a definition of those values. Okay. You know, so for example, in Focus HR for myself and my team members, we all agree that one of the biggest values we have is curiosity. Mm, that's great. Always interested in learning more. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I always say that I, I, I'm the cat that curiosity is trying to kill. Right. You know, because <laughs> I, I always want to learn more, you know. Right. And um, to use that, what does that mean? That means when I meet people in a new business and industry maybe I didn't heard of before or mm-hmm. didn't like, oh, I didn't know there was a company that just did that little piece, you know, right. whatever yeah. the case is. It's ask questions. Mm. You know, I will tell you the best sales advice I ever got Mm -hmm. was be your curious self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be childlike. Yeah. And that's what God tells us to do. Be childlike with our faith. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I do the same. It's like, that's fascinating. Tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. I can totally understand that. I get that. Yep. Or, you know what, I'm a little confused there. Can you just explain that to me again? You, know? you bet. And people will do that. Yeah. Hey, before we get too long here, how are people going to get a hold of you? And, you know, let's, let's get that in because that's part of this whole thing is, is we want to put an emphasis and spotlight. So how people get a hold of you? Um, well, first of all, you can learn all about me on my website, which okay. is focushr, all one word, dot biz. That's dot B-I-Z. Biz. Okay. And my email is andrea at focushr.biz. Okay. Very good. So you heard it out there, folks. So the value thing, I thought, I've always felt it's very strong, too, because that's how people connect. If they're shared values, then, you know, it's a lot easier to communicate. Everybody's kind of singing on the same song sheet. But up until, what's your, uh, you know, uh, well, we talked about that, but what do you think about mission statements? 
I prefer to think of them as the corporate why. Why do we okay. exist? Okay. You know. Um, I know there's a big emphasis, you know, for a couple of decades. Or it's, it's, it was, and, yeah. and, and it's important, you know, yeah. like, for example, like, um, why does Focus HR exist? There's actually two reasons there. One is to serve small business community. Mm-hmm. That's how I do it. My personal right. why is to give others that work-life balance uh, in human resources. I've got people on my team that work 10 hours a month, mm-hmm. others that work 20 hours a week, and others that are full-time. Right. All up to them. Yep. Yep. That is why... I do it. And the important thing about that, too, with what she provides, folks, is she provides what you need. You know, for small business owners out there and folks like that, you don't need maybe a full-time Andrea come in and fill what you need. And that's all she's going to provide to you is just what you need. Knowing Andrea and her firm the way I do, though, they're going to give you a whole lot more than what you expect. (laughs) You you know, they're not going to stop with just a couple things there. And and as you can tell, with the company that she's shining an example with that has grown tremendously, Laying that foundation down, getting this stuff right from the beginning saves a lot of headaches. And I'm talking about legal headaches, financial headaches down the road, because it's complex, you know, as people are complex. But the laws and everything else that govern all this stuff is constantly changing. We know that. Uh, And we didn't even get touching a couple of real big emerging ones, DEI and all the Mm -hmm. things that are going on there. So I can't believe we're out of time. Well, folks, listen, you got to come back again (laughs) next Saturday with us here on Faith Marketplace, where we inspire, equip, and encourage uh, business leaders out there to uh, walk, you know, walk their faith out. And uh, and you can talk about it, too, you know. Let people know. You don't have to keep your light in your basket. We'll be back here next Saturday at noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. Please join us. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.